0: Hey there, ass kickers! Welcome to your kick-ass life podcast. It's me, Andrea Owen, and I am excited because I have a guest. I want you all to say hello to my dear friend Josh Becker. Say hi, Josh.
1: Hello. Glad to be here. And I'm going to let
0: Josh introduce himself because I think it's just so much more. um, It's so much more better.
3: So much more better. I like that.
0: <laughs> it's just so much more realistic. So, Josh, why don't you tell all of my my audience uh, a little bit about you, what you do, where they can find you, all that good stuff. The floor is yours.
3: Great. Well, thanks. Um, first of all, glad glad to be here on your show. I, I listen often ever since actually your ep- your first episode. So it's nice to to be on this end of the uh, of the line. Um, so, as Andrew mentioned, my name is Josh Becker, and I write. For a uh, blog called I Simply Am. You can find it at www.isimply.am. I also occasionally write for the Daily Love uh, site as well. Um, In addition to uh, writing at I Simply Am, I also host my own podcast called the I Simply Am podcast, and you can find that on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, And in addition to my online work, uh, most of my online work, I work with uh, men and women, of course, but um locally here I live in in Monterey California and I am a teacher at a center here called Breakthrough and uh the the center is actually focused for men it's called Breakthrough for men and it's um teaches men how to live more fulfilling lives and it's a it's an 8 month long program that uh, about 30 to 40 men go through at, in each class and they really uh learn uh what what brought them to where they are today in life and and why they respond to to things the way they do. And it helps – gives them the tools to learn self-awareness. And that's mainly what I talk about is self-awareness and self-acceptance. And um, so that's kind of what I do.
0: Amazing. I learned something new about you.
3: Hmm.
1: <laughs> I knew
0: you were a teacher, which, which but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Well, I didn't know you did uh, that specific thing for men. I knew you worked with men, but I didn't know what it looked like. So that sounds yeah. extraordinary.
3: Yeah, it's it's a pretty intensive program. It's it's the program is uh, it's four and a half hours every week mm-hmm. uh, for thirty four weeks, and then includes four all day Saturdays and two all and two full weekends. Uh, so it's, it's a very, you know, a lot of people go into therapy for 50 minutes a week with a counselor. Um, but this is four and a half hours every week for eight months. Sounds like an intensive. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like five years in a year. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's pretty serious stuff. And I went through it myself, um, before joining as a teacher. And by the way, it's a nonprofit and it's all volunteer, So I do it for free.
0: Wow. There's a special yeah. place
3: in heaven for you. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully know, it'll be well I'm before I get charge. there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I better stay close to you then.
2: Yes, yeah, please.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. So this topic, <clears throat> um, we're throwing a big one at you. And, and um, you know, for the sake of transparency, I am not prepared at all.
3: <laughs> and no. Neither am I, by the way, for the sake of dual transparency. I didn't
0: prepare Josh. <laughs> But I think we have a lot of juicy stuff and, uh, of course, always a lot of juicy content. I wouldn't put it out to my people if it was trash. But we're going to talk about marriage. And I think that it's – it's a, well, it's something I've never talked about. I mentioned here and there – I mean, obviously, I talk about my former marriage and how that shaped me. And um, I've had a couple of guests talking about relationships, but I've, I've never had someone on to talk about our our true life experience about marriage and long-term relationships. And what I specifically wanted to talk to Josh about is what works and what doesn't work. And, um, you know, because I think you can read all kinds of relationship books, and I have. I've read a lot, and some of them have been hugely eye-opening, some of them not so much. And and I think that what really resonates with me and with my people are are real-life stories and examples of again, what works and what doesn't work. So, so why don't you, um, you start, Josh, and just tell us briefly, uh, like your experience with all of your seven marriages that you've had.
3: <laughs> all, yeah, all seven. <laughs> um, well, let's see. Well, I've, in fact, I've only been married once, um, to, to date, and I hope I hope to to keep it that way. So, yeah, I've I've been with my my wife for, uh, we we've been together fully for almost eighteen years. Started off as a long distance relationship. Uh, we had a long distance relationship coast to coast for three years. Um, and because uh, we actually were one of the first people to meet online, uh, believe it or not.
1: Wow.
3: Yeah, we, we met in an AOL chat room eight, <gasps> 18 years ago. 18 <laughs> years ago. This is before digital cameras, this is before really Did anybody had a cell phone. Sound? Oh yeah, this is this is a 20 this is a 288 modem, a dial-up modem. Oh my god. Um this is you know kind of when um yeah, we met in Able chat room, there was no digital pictures. This was when phone calls internet um uh, domestic phone long distance phone calls were 25 cents a minute. Mm-hmm. Um and uh so we met 18 years ago that way and and didn't see a picture of ourselves until we went to the uh photo mart and you know developed a picture and then put it in the mail you know, with a stamp and, and mail it to each other. Um, so that was 18 years ago. And we've been married for uh, this May will be 10.
0: Congratulations on that milestone anniversary.
3: Yeah, thanks.
0: And so for those that don't know, <clears throat> I am currently married as well. Oh, and you also have two children.
3: I do. We do. We have, we have a, a four and a five-year-old.
0: Okay. And, um, and I do as well. I have a, a six-year-old and a four-year-old with my current husband Jason and we have been married for six years. I think. That's bad.
3: <laughs> did you say did you just say I think?
0: I think. We got married in 08. So it's five okay. years. Five years. <laughs>
3: It'll six. Six
0: years. It'll be six. It'll be six. Yeah, so we got married it. when Colton was a baby. That's right. So um and then before that, I was I was married for a couple of years. I was in that relationship for 13 years. And that's the one that fell apart. That Mm. propelled me to who I am today. That made me a much better person and wife in general. And, um, and yeah, and, uh, that's, I, I am, I'm so glad that I had the experience that I did before. And so, so really, again, so this, this topic is just going to be really, really broad. So, off the top of your head, you know, now that I've given you all of like two minutes to think about it, Josh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: can you, and it doesn't have to be in any specific order or anything. Can you tell me something that in your marriage really works? And it can be like a small thing, you know, like an act, an act of service that you do or, or something like that. Or it can be a really big thing like communication or, or anything.
3: Yeah. Wow. Um, that's a big question and I, I know I have a lot of different answers, so um I think, I think one, one thing that makes a big difference for, for me and my, and my wife and our relationship is, is, is knowing what's my stuff versus my wife's stuff. And, um, what I mean by that is that when we are in conversation and it starts, if it starts to get kind of heated where there's some emotions involved, um, really under, understanding, and being honest with myself, and and um, to know is is this something, is this baggage that I'm bringing in from something that either happened in the past or my own stuff, or is this kind of a, a real issue, or is this something that my wife is having some feelings about, and what do I do with that? You know, do I allow her to have her feelings and and have that, or do I take that on myself? Um, so it's really understanding. Um, whose stuff is whose? If mm-hmm. that makes
0: sense, I love that. I think that was a huge lesson that I learned in my, didn't learn to my second marriage. Because, um, and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but when you said that, what came up for me is is to really not take things personally when the other person is either doing something or saying something or not doing something. Is that what you meant?
3: Totally, yeah. And, then- and, and 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 you know, on the flip side, it's it's if there's something that my wife said that really triggered me. It, knowing that you know that's not my wife that that was something for me in my in my own you know that my brain was attacking me, mm-hmm. and that was that was my own thing happening for me and and to not go and jump back at her for whatever she said mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, totally, not taking this personally
0: right and i um I do that i well I'm working on that in my marriage, so <clears throat> for for us, it looks like this, so I am the type of person who I want to talk about everything and I want to pretty much talk about everything right now. Like when it comes up, I'm ready. Like there's, there's not a better time than this moment. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. I've
0: always been that way. So, um, I don't sweep things under the rug. I don't pretend that the, like if we just ignore it, then it'll go away, which was the way my parents liked to communicate.
1: Right. And,
0: um, and which is how my husband grew up and how he still is. So, um, counseling has helped a lot because that doesn't work at all. It's just, it's not going to go away. But right. when stuff comes up for us now, what I have to be really, um, where I have to honor him is the way that he processes things. So he really is not ready to talk about it right in that moment. And what will happen is, so something comes up, like for instance, something comes up with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's a big common disagreement in marriages is is how mm-hmm. to handle things with children, whether it's mm-hmm. discipline mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. education or extracurricular stuff or whatever. so if we have a disagreement i i I can see like his even his whole physicality like his jaw kind of mm-hmm. sets <laughs> and he will turn to me uh, turn away from me and he'll walk out of the room mm-hmm. and before, in the beginning of our relationship, in the beginning of our marriage, I would freak out. Cause to me, I have, I still have like abandonment issues. And, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, he's, he's gonna go pack his bags. Like, this is it. Right. He's gonna go file for
1: divorce. Right, right. He really,
0: he just wants to go in the garage and have like a couple hours to himself. Right. And think about it and process it and cool down and see how he feels. It wasn't until we went to counseling where he was actually able to articulate that to me. And so now, I mean, my med- my immediate reaction is to be triggered and to want to run after him, but now mm-hmm. I just let him go, and it and it really is an opportunity for me to, like you were saying, just own okay, like what is mine, and like whatever is happening over there is his, and he'll be okay. Like our marriage will be okay. It's not disastrous. Like I I, I can tend to make up catastrophes when there really isn't one.
3: Right. Yeah, no, I can, I can, I, and that's totally true. I mean, we, you know, we, my wife and I certainly process things totally differently. And, and just like you mentioned with, with your husband, uh, my wife grew up in a totally different home, you know, almost the antithesis of what I grew up in. Um, and my home was very loud and boisterous and yelling and talking and um, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And my wife's was very quiet and passive and, you know, don't rock the boat and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I think what's important in those situations that I've found is because what will happen for me in a similar setting would be like, my wife doesn't want to talk about it, right? I want to talk about it right now, but she doesn't. And, um, is, is to find out when we're going to talk about it because yep. it's, it's actually passive aggressive to say, I don't want to talk about it now and, and then leave it at that. Mm-hmm. It's actually passive. It's actually like a, that's actually passive aggressive. That's my husband's um, name, by
0: the way. Is, is that right
3: As yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it might be my middle I, I, I do my best to yeah that's a that's a tricky one um is being yeah but you know that's that's important it's like i'm not i'm not in a place to talk about it right now okay so i can i can talk about it in five minutes or mm-hmm. in an hour or after the kids go to sleep mm-hmm. or what do you guys do in that situation
0: so usually what we do is <clears throat> he'll leave the room and um I will, like, poke my head in the garage and just just really just cut to the chase and say, how much time do you need? Mm. And um, and he'll tell me. And he'll that's the awesome. Clock. There's a clock in there, and he'll look at the clock, and he'll say, until 5 o'clock. And I just leave him alone. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not Which, easy.
3: <laughs> no, it's not. But, I mean, that's, like, awesome modeling right there. I mean. It works. Because that's what everyone, that's what That's what I would invite, you know, myself and everyone to do because that's, that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's- yeah.
0: And we actually learned that in counseling. And right. that's, that's really what, what our counselor taught us is, is like exactly what you just said is to, to find out, you know, you have your cooling off phase. And for him, right. he needs to actually get away from me and the kids. And, um, and, and I need to know how much time he needs. And usually it's only an hour or two. And and sometimes when he comes out of the garage or comes back from the bookstore or wherever he goes, he, it's not an appropriate time for us to have a discussion. It might be dinner time and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then there's like that tense sitting down at the dinner table where like we haven't made up yet and we haven't had the conversation and our kids are like, you know, it's like, it's awkward. And I do not like those moments where he's not making eye contact with me and I'm trying to make eye contact with him. Like, it's just such an interesting dynamic how different we are, but... And probably given the opportunity, my husband would just never bring it up again. (laughs)
1: Sure.
0: Right. But I'm like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. So when the kids are in bed, that's when – and it's actually better for both of us because I've had a chance because I am very fiery and and I can tend to mouth off. Like, let's be honest. So Mm -hmm. given that time to cool down, I've also had the opportunity to – to calm down and really like figure out what it the points that I want to make to have a healthy conversation. Songfinch.com slash noise. Don't forget to share your song with us too. Songfinch.com slash noise. <laughs> Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. because in the relationship I was in before I don't know if you and your wife were ever like this or in any previous relationship that you had but our way of communicating was it was a lot of yelling and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not listening to what the other person it was a lot of around and around we would just go around and around about the same things and neither of us wanted to budge and it was things like hanging up on each other you know just like cursing each other out Um, it just was emotionally tumultuous and that doesn't work. And what's interesting is when I got into this relationship, I tried to do that again with him, with my husband, because I mm-hmm. didn't know any other way. Right. And I brought it to my therapist and, I, and um, she's like, Andrea, you don't know how to act in a normal, healthy relationship. And so I had to kind of learn all over again how to communicate and, <clears throat> and really like just how to act like a grown up for lack of a
3: better term. <laughs> no, that's not even for lack of a better that's exactly the way to describe it. I mean, the, because that's like acting like a child, right? right. I mean, and 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 I say that respectfully because I was brought up the same exact way. I didn't I didn't know I didn't know the the difference between anger and abuse. Mm-hmm. And I think most people confuse abuse with anger. And it's really not. Adult healthy what adult healthy anger looks like is Andrea you did x, y and Z, and I don't like that. please mm-hmm. don't do that again that's that's what that's what healthy anger looks mm-hmm. like, but we've confused anger with yelling and screaming and kicking and name calling and all these other things that you know that I grew up with, and it sounds like you know maybe you did as well and um that's kind of the difference is we just didn't know we didn't know what real anger looked like and and how to express it in yeah. a in an adult way mm-hmm. and um and i I was like that too in a lot of my past relationships where uh, it was abusive, you know, verbally, you know, in, in, in that way. And um, as you know, it doesn't work out too well, does it?
0: <laughs> it never really does. No. And it's funny because I grew up <clears throat> actually in a home where it was extremely calm. We didn't oh. have like my parents never fought. Um, I have two half siblings, but they were much older than I was and was was out of they were out of the house by the time I was in kindergarten. So I grew up in a very quiet only child house and my parents never fought. Or, you know, and I rarely even got yelled at. So when I became a teenager and, you know, fell in love, I, I completely, the pendulum swung the other way where I wanted and I craved um, passion. Like I wanted excitement. And, and what that manifested into was chaos and drama
1: and intensity. Mm-hmm. So I
0: became addicted to this intensity and um, it did not work out at all. And then I had to, to relearn, you know, when I, in my early 30s, how to be in a normal, healthy relationship. It's been interesting. <clears throat> it's a lot easier. It's a lot more peaceful. <laughs> it
3: it is. <laughs> it it is. It's funny because I didn't start I didn't really learn how to be in an adult relationship until I learned
0: until 5 minutes uh, ago.
3: Until <laughs> I'm I'm until like 30 seconds ago. Yeah. I'm still I'm actually st- when I'm done this when I'm done this call, I'll okay, I'll I'll know. Um <laughs> But well I guess here's what I'm getting at and this maybe will kind of lead to another um, point um that 90% of couple work is individual mm-hmm. and and only really 10% is actual couple work. I've I found that when when I went away and did my personal work that I've really been doing deeply for the last 3 years and when my wife went away and did her personal work when we came back together there's only like a little bit left in between that's really like the couple stuff mm-hmm. because most of the stuff that we have in any relationship is is our stuff anyway, yeah, and um I think that's one one thing that really allowed me to be in a you know start becoming an adult in an adult relationship is when I learned who I was mm-hmm. and learned a difference between myself and my wife because i I like m- most people was an extreme codependent, uh-huh. and um, and that's like really wicked when you're dependent on your spouse or your partner for, you know, your happiness for your for your wor- your self worth, and uh, I think that's that really gets in the way of a lot of relationships.
0: Yeah. I wholeheartedly, a thousand percent agree with you. And I, I, I myself too was, was codependent. And for anyone out there, I'll put this in the show notes. Um, if you go to your kickass life forward slash 2020, you can find the links. But I know you you and I have had a conversation about codependent no more and with from Melody Beattie and that book changed my life. Mm-hmm. And um <clears throat> and really opened my eyes to how I was acting and how because I pointed the finger for years and years and years and it was all his fault and it was all mm-hmm. his fault and if only he would be different then we would be perfect
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um I didn't know how messed up I was so that book changed my life and also Pia Melody's um, facing codependence both of those um, are dog eared and highlighted and written in the margins
3: oh yeah amazing <laughs>
0: exclamation <part>. marks after. <laughs>
3: Mm-hmm, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I just I think that um I totally agree with you. It really is about about our individual work. And um I encourage anyone listening, if you are, if you are in a relationship that it that it's not working, you can't control your spouse. You can encourage that person to maybe get the help that they need, but you are in charge of you. So if you haven't gone through any kind of therapy or any kind of self help. Um, I, I do, I encourage it so much for you to do that it'll, it'll open your eyes and it'll help you so much and, and, and hopefully make, make your marriage better. But, um, I think that I do, it it makes me sad when I, when I talk to somebody or I have a client who's struggling in their marriage and their spouse is a certain way, they're on completely different levels of their spouse and it's clear that their spouse needs therapy and needs their own one-on-one work and they refuse to do it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel like, I hate to say it, but I feel like there's, there's not a ton of hope for, for a marriage like that. And I, I remember sitting in my therapist's office with my ex-husband and this was before we got married and he was, he had these behaviors that just weren't working. You know, he would stay out all night with his friends and not call me and just, and stand me up and things like that. And we were engaged And in our late 20s, and she told me, she looked at me, he was sitting right next to me, and she said, Andrea, he's not going to change. And you can either accept his behavior and live with it and marry him, or you can leave. Mm. And I was stunned. (laughs) Mm. And he didn't disagree. (laughs) Wow. So it was. I chose to stay. It was scarier for me to leave. Right. And um, <clears throat> I thought marriage would save us. I thought maybe having children would save us. Right. And um, and she was right. He didn't. He didn't change. And um, I, I think that that's. I think that happens in a lot of marriages. And it just. It, yeah. It saddens me.
3: At, no, I totally agree. I mean, and one thing I like to add to that actually is that, and and this isn't like a universal truth that it would be true for everybody per se, but. One thing I you know that I noticed was that or early on I kind of started my own personal journey if you will um first before my wife did and one of the one of the things one of the tenets that you know we learned going going through the breakthrough program was that was that you never want to teach your partner or your spouse what you're learning here right mm-hmm. that that the your journey through to self-awareness to is, is is for you right and and not and not for you to teach somebody else mm-hmm. and when i started going through my work my wife saw the changes that was happening with me mm-hmm. and i didn't i didn't do it um per se i didn't do it so that she would change i didn't do it Necessarily for the betterment of our marriage, although of course I wanted that. I really did it to, to find out who I was and to learn about myself and to be, um, uh, um, to be more fulfilled. And when I started going through my work, it didn't take a whole long time before my wife was looking at me like, wow, that's interesting. Look, you know, look at how he's responding to things now, you know, versus how he did before. You know, it kind of makes me, maybe I should check. Check out some, you know, s- some um, courses myself, and it actually led her to start her own journey. And um, I totally agree; we can't make other people change, and, and in fact, it's not it's not our responsibility mm-hmm. to make other people change. Having said that, I think that if we take on that individual work ourselves in a, in a marriage, and we just work on ourselves, and, and hope that perhaps one day, you know, our, the our partner will. I think that a lot of times they'll see like all the goodness that's happening for us and they're going to want some of that. They're going to, they're not, they're going to get tired of being pissed off all the time and they're going to look at you and think, wow, you know, he, she is so at at peace a lot more than they used to be. I want some of that. Mm -hmm. So that's just some encouragement for someone to, you know, if they're in a marriage that, that is not uh, ideal that, you know, just push forward with doing your own work and, you know, you know whether or not your partner comes around, we don't know, but uh, it might be incentive for them as well.
0: Right. I I love that. Yeah. I think when it, when you were saying that, what came up for me is one of the biggest things that I've learned from my own self discovery, <clears throat> completely aside from from um, couples counseling. You know, whether it was in my former marriage or my current one, is is the letting go of control part, and I I talk about that quite often in my podcasts and in in my blog posts and, and that I cannot even tell you how much that has changed my marriage because before I used to try to, and that's, that's really the definition of codependence, right? Like we try to control everyone else around us because Mm -hmm. we are too afraid to face what's going on within us. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: once, you know, when I actually went through a 12 step program, I don't know if you did too, Josh, but I went to CODA, Codependence Mm -hmm. Anonymous, and uh, again, changed my life. And I that, and it's still a work in progress. I'm very transparent about that. That's one of the, the hardest things in my own journey. And I take it one day at a time, but that's letting go and surrendering to what is and accepting what is. And what's been the most interesting for me and very recent is sort of finding that dance between what is acceptance and where do you cross the line into being a doormat? And that's sometimes where I'm still a little bit like, okay, I don't know
3: <laughs> right, that's hard,
0: <laughs> but really, I mean, just from like um you know i'll try to i'll think of an example, so just i just i don't okay, so here's an example so before i um you know we're we're kind of thinking about moving out of state and either you know going back to San Diego or finding a different state to settle to settle in and and mm-hmm. luckily, my job I can work from anywhere, and my husband. Sure well, you know, works for companies. So he's applied at different places and he's extremely stressed out about it, you know, and, and then he'll, he'll get really excited about one state and then he'll start looking at real estate. He'll start looking at schools and, and I'm not doing that. I'm, um, I just, I let go. Like I cannot control what's going to happen. Like I trust that the universe is just going to kind of put us wherever. And of course, We have to take action and inspired action. But, um, I hope I made this example is making sense. But before I would, I would get on that train and just like try to control, like try to help him with his resume, try to, you know, like bug him every day about applying for jobs and micromanage the entire situation.
1: Mm. And it
0: really is not fun to be around
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) for anyone.
0: But it's just I'm I'm a lot more laid back and it's and it's difficult. I think I have a natural type A personality and it's good to a certain extent. Like I'm really good at being productive, but um it just it doesn't serve me all the time. So that's one of the things that has helped me tremendously in my personal life and in my relationship is just letting go.
3: Yeah, that that's a that's a huge deal right there, right? What you just picked up on. Um just having the awareness that you're in a state of control is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely a a big deal because there, obviously there's some kind of underlying fear, obviously that's putting you in a place that you feel like you need to control the situation, uh, or it's going to, it's going to go, well, you know, hello abandonment, right? Right. (laughs) I mean, let's, let's, you know, um, which all of us to a degree faced, right? I mean, you know, on some level or another. Uh, all of us face some type of abandonment or rejection or something, uh, you know, some worse than others, of course, or more profound than others. Um, but control is, is, is a big thing and, and letting go and, and allowing, you know, and you talked about, um, acceptance. I think you mentioned the word acceptance before, mm-hmm. but allowance is very similar to that in, in, and that's important in marriages is allowing our partner, To be who they are, you know, and again, not allowing them to walk all over you, right? Not allowing them to do something that's going to abuse you or that's not working for you, but allowing them to be themselves. And, you know, even if that means they're, they're going to make a mistake, um, allowing them to make mistakes Uh and, and being there to support them when they fall. Yeah. You know, and um, that's really hard. And that's, you know, that's part of marriage and it's part of loving people too.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sort of switching gears here is I'm curious about, I don't know if you've read this book or not, but I recently read, um, and I just, I skimmed it. Like I'd be lying if I said I read every word, (laughs) word for word. I thought
3: you read every word. (laughs) No. Okay. But
0: it's an old book. And by old, I think it was published in the 80s. Um,
3: Oh.
0: Hurley. I don't know if that's the author's first name or last name, uh, okay. but he wrote the book "His Needs, Her Needs: Building a affair proof Marriage." Have you read uh,
3: it? I, no. In fact, I, ha- I haven't heard of that one.
0: Great book. Um, my coach actually recommended it to me, and it 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 kind of blew my mind because it's a very huh. simple book. He, he talks about five needs that men and women, on average, mm-hmm. will, um, want the most from their spouses, and they're different for men and women. Right. And. Um, Andrea. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Andrea. Masterclass.com slash Andrea. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use EarnIn for anything you need to therapy visits, rent, or even extra self help books. Make EarnIn a part of your financial routine and join EarnIn's over 3.5 million customers who say things like When I think about EarnIn, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. What's interesting is I was reading it, and he was pretty much painting a picture of how my first marriage fell apart. Hmm. I was astounded. I was like, "Yep, that's where he went wrong. Yep, that happened." Even the examples were almost exactly the same. The details. Wow. So um, it really opened my eyes. That obviously, but also um, what I learned and what I my biggest takeaway from the from the book was he said that one of the big needs that, that women want is intimate conversation with their husbands. Um, so that's why I think he, what he was getting at is a lot of times that's where women have affairs because they hmm. find someone who will listen to them and have right. these intimate conversations. And then it leads to more. So what, what, um, what I took away, and how I brought that into my marriage, is that when I do have like a really amazing conversation with my husband, and you know how it is when you have two small children, those opportunities are less likely to happen than if you don't have children or right be. so um and and so for my husband and I it's really interesting because they'll happen randomly, like completely spontaneous, not like on date night, like on date night, we just talk about our kids but you know, I'll, I'll, something will happen, and we'll be standing in the kitchen, and our kids are in their room playing, and we'll have like 15 minutes of, of me just getting to tell him something where he's looking me in the face, and 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 listening to me, and I'm being seen and heard, and that is an intimate moment to me. That is mm-hmm. extremely intimate.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: what I took away from the book is to tell him how much that means to me, instead of just the conversation ending and then we walk away. So I tell him like this means so much to me this cuz to him it's not you know he might forget about it in two right hours.
1: <laughs> right <laughs> but to tell
0: him like and and really articulate like thank you so much this right. conversation that we just had meant so much to me and i pointed out to him like the fact that you were looking at me and listening and and you weren't trying to fix it or you weren't trying to cuz sometimes my husband does that he gets uncomfortable because he he feels like he has to have the right response when really all i need is just him to listen and, right. Um, so that's what I walked away with. I, I do recommend the book. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, Your Kick-Ass Life forward slash twenty. And and for men, you know, they're a little bit different. The needs are um, obviously are like sexual intimacy and a good housekeeper, like a good mother. So and I and I might I'm forgetting many of them.
3: So really, I, did,
0: I, I really do recommend it.
3: Did you say this book was written in the eighties or the fifties? interesting (laughs) long time ago Uh, uh,
0: workshops and
3: yeah that's interesting that they brought up men and you know sexual intimacy which by the way men associate the word intimacy with sex right um there is no such thing as intimacy without sex in 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 your stereotypical male's point of view um that's very interesting and then they brought up that uh, a house cleaning wow
0: yeah, That's, so like it, I don't think it, I think I don't think it was one thing. I think it was yeah. like like being a good mother and that was part of it. So, wow. you know, like being a great mom and, you know, being domestic, like those type of things.
3: Huh. It yeah, he, he, it almost sounds like he's shortchanging men. Like as if men don't need intimate conversations and right. don't need attention and acceptance and affection, you know, outside of of um you know outside of having uh, sex or something mm-hmm. that's really interesting.
0: I think hmm. I think he just words it differently and I, I wish I st- I checked it out from the library because I have so many self-help books I don't buy them anymore like I check them out right. from the library. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. So
0: I I wish I had it here but he does talk about that and actually because the book has been reprinted so many times in the foreword he does talk about that like how he wrote it so long ago and how he's gotten a lot of flack for that because it's sure. very simplistic and it's very stereotypical and rudimentary. So he does mention it, but it's—I uh, mean—there are bits and pieces that that are really interesting, and uh, yeah. the examples that he gives are very typical of of why people have affairs and and what you can do to prevent that. So I think right. I thought it was an interesting book.
3: Yeah, that no, it makes total sense. I, I that's I'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah. So off the top of your head, so I'm just going to ask you one more question. What okay. do you think is a need that that you have in your marriage that you make sure happens?
3: Um, a need that I have in, in my marriage that I make sure happens. Uh, this is from a need for myself, you mean?
0: Yeah. Is it like the yeah. LTs on Tuesdays or something?
3: Well, oh, wow. I like that. I'm going to add that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's see. You know, one, one need that, that I have that I didn't, I didn't, uh, I never, well, I never had the need or never thought that I had the need when I was living my codependent life. Um, but one that I have learned to appreciate now is time for myself. Mm-hmm. And so, um, my wife and I each devote one night a week for, uh, time for ourselves. And, um, whether that means that she's with her, uh, her, you know, women's support group or I'm with my men's support group or I am off, uh, writing or whatever it is that I need to have some self care. And it's time that's devoted to to me um, to be with myself and give myself a break and give myself some attention, and it allows me to come back and be full and and present for my wife and my family, and that's a need that I never you know thought I had before when I was codependent because I hated being by myself. I hated being alone because I didn't like myself mm-hmm. and. Um, and so I've learned that that's uh, a huge benefit for for me.
0: I love that. I think that's one of mine too. I'm going to put that on my list. and steal it. Well,
3: what <laughs> what 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 about you? What what
0: Um I know I asked you that question and I put you on the spot and then I was I like, I didn't. don't know what mine is.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: Um I think I think really, it, it my number one is the the example that I mentioned is just is having that that intimate conversation and mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm really like I hoard attention and mm. and it's funny like um, you know I recently I mean you know I wrote a book and I I had a book mm-hmm. signing and it's been a really big deal and I was telling my coach she was like you know how coaches are
1: those
3: mm-hmm.
0: coaches. <laughs> She was like, you
3: wouldn't know anything about coaches would. You? I wouldn't,
0: but she's so funny. And this so she's like, "What are you doing to celebrate?" and blah, 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 like making it a big right. deal and I was like the shrinking violet and I'm like, "I it's making me really uncomfortable, like all this attention in the spotlight. So, I have my limits. But like in a crowd, it makes me nervous. But when it's, you know, someone that I care about deeply, like my husband, I I crave that and I I you know when you are in a relationship for a long time and especially when you have children it's easy to become roommates and become two ships passing in the night. And it's like that's something that I need like I need him to pay attention to me
3: mm-hmm. and
0: um and to not get complacent. Like complacency is it, it drives me crazy. So I and it's funny, you know the five love languages, I'm sure you've heard of that book. Like I show that a lot because it's my, my love language and I'm not even really sure if he cares that much, you know?
3: <laughs> Ca- cares that much for, for you or for him, you mean?
0: No, for me paying so much attention to him. Like I'm affectionate oh. and, you know, and like I will do all these things and um, I should probably ask him like, <laughs> or maybe yeah. just stop and see if he says anything.
3: <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Like how do you like receiving? Because everybody needs attention, right? He He mm-hmm. might just need it in a different way. Yeah. yeah, um,
0: so that's probably mine. It's it's really huh. it's it's not and and again like articulating that that's what what I need and right and really I just want to say this one last thing too is is and because I, I think that this can be common in male female relationships is men can be and I'm not trying to stereotype but they can tend to be the fixer and um, right my husband's an engineer and he's very. He's very analytical and logical and he likes bullet points, he likes facts, he likes science and um, he loves to fix things and I have to remind him that he does not need to do that and right. he gets very uncomfortable if I come to him with something and he can't fix it or if he doesn't have the right response and I, so I have to continuously remind him, I don't need you to fix it. Um, right. please don't try to give me advice. I just need you to give me a hug. I just need you to listen to me. And, um, and it's a, it's an ongoing thing. It really is. And even just the other day we were standing in the kitchen having a conversation and it wasn't something about me. It was something else. I can't remember what it was. And he was struggling with something. And I told him, I said, Jason, you don't need to fix it. And he looked at me and he said, yes, I do, Andrea. Like it, it is in his bones that he wants to do this. So it's just interesting yeah. to
3: watch. Well, you know, not 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 to drag that on too much further, but just I'll add quickly that the male role is designed such that performance equates to self worth. Mm-hmm. And you know, our the male the male's ability to achieve and to conquer and to win and to fix and to dominate, those are all those are all ways in which we're convinced and we're really we're lied to to believe that our sense of self-worth is based on those things. So if I can't help fix your problem, I'm worth nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And yeah. I have to fix you because if I can't, then then I'm a nobody.
0: Wow. That's a, that's really powerful.
3: Yeah, it it's very powerful and it's very real. And and yeah. that's why we have that most men have that need to to constantly fix.
0: So let me ask you this then. So <clears throat> You know, I try to give him opportunities to fix things and, you know, when he can. And I give him a lot of praise for that. I mean, even if it's like the dang fire alarm, <laughs> that they're like connected and we can't seem to get them to not, you know what I mean? Like things like that or the kids' bikes and, and things like that. So do you think that that's a good thing for me to try to give him opportunities to fix things?
3: Um, I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, so and no, I, I think that's good. Um, I also think it's good. And, you know, you may or may not already be doing it. I think it's good to appreciate him when he's not doing things. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as you know, we're taught from we're men and women or boys and girls. We're taught from a very young age that we have to do things in order to be recognized for who we already are. And so it's, you know, we get praised for doing things, but we never, we rarely get praised for just being who we are. Mm-hmm. And I think it's equally as important to give uh, appreciation. You know, I appreciate how loving you are. I appreciate right. how strong you are. I appreciate it. whatever it is, even in those moments when he's, when nothing's been accomplished. Yeah. Because if it's only when things are being done, then, then, then he starts doing things to get those appreciations. And then when he doesn't do those things or can't do them, then he, then where, where are those appreciations anymore? Yeah. And, you know what I mean? So. And And I I, I do do that.
0: Like, I'll tell him or send him a text message, like, randomly that I appreciate what a great dad he is. And, you know, when they're unexpected.
3: Yeah. And that's, and that's totally awesome. That's, that's, he does love those. Yeah. I'm sure he does. And, and I would encourage any, any, uh, well, any man or woman to, to do that with their significant other. And, and also to, you know, and it's a slippery slope because we have to be careful that to, to understand that we're, while you do that, and it's wonderful that you do that. You're also not responsible for him feeling "quote unquote" good about himself, uh-huh. and um, and that he know he's at some point, and I don't know whether he is or isn't, but I'm just using him as an example. So I apologize, but at some point needs to um go through his own self work and and be able to to know that his worth is not based on the things that he does around the house. Right. And I'm just using his him okay. as an example, but you know, um, with all due respect. So. Um, you know, we all need to do that. We all need to to know that our worth is not based on the things that we do, whether we're a man or a woman. So, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah,
0: here, here, Mr. Becker. You're (laughs) here. They're there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that about wraps it up. And I, again, I thank you so much. This has been a fun um, shooting from the hip conversation about marriage and making it work.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. This has just been great. Yeah. Uh, so um,
0: again, you guys can find Josh at isimply.am. dot a m. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Again, please go go listen to his podcast. He's kind of a big deal in the podcasting world. So go listen.
3: <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> He's muy popular. And oh. if you know, if you want to see the show notes, if you want the links to the books that we mentioned, it's at your kickass life forward slash two zero. You'll also have a link. Back to Josh, and you can leave a comment and say hi. And where else can people find you on social media and all that good stuff?
3: Uh, I'm I'm on Twitter at I Simply Am, uh, Facebook Facebook uh, Facebook slash I Simply Am. Uh, so pretty much I Simply Am wherever you know wherever any in the online. World. Yeah, wherever in the world. In the world. <laughs>
0: all right. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, if you haven't done so already, and you love the podcast, if you could please go over and leave. Uh, review. Five stars would be awesome if you like it. That would always, always be great on iTunes. You can always subscribe. And until next time, have a great week. Bye.